This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. But we are joined today with the true cute one. We have Carlos, a.k.a. the Nostalgic Latino, on TikTok and Instagram with us. Hi. Hi. Hi, you guys. How are you today? Great. Thanks for having me. Of course. Man, this is so weird because I'm kind of matching your guys' vocal energy. I don't <laughs> normally talk like that. Just an FYI, but I'm like, hi, guys. <laughs> one thing about our guests is, like, by the end, I suggest, like, getting a massage, seeing a therapist. An exercise. Yeah, um, yeah, like you're going to be <laughs> through the full <laughs> ringer with us this evening. I'm, I'm in so. for it today, man. <laughs> Especially if we're talking about what we're going to talk oh, about. Uh, let's just jump into it. So this week we are covering 500 Days of Summer. And I really felt like I went through it rewatching this fine film. Yeah, me, <laughs> me too. I don't know if I've matured or regressed or whatever, but my feelings watching this movie previously in my life are very different from what I feel now. I would probably say the exact same thing for me, that when I watched that film initially, I was able to kind of relate very hard to yes. it because I was going through mm. a situation at that time. We can dive in a little <laughs> bit later about it. But when I rewatch it, it's like, oh, geez, probably shouldn't be like idolizing this kind of stuff anymore. <laughs> so let me first just set the stage of where we were at when this movie initially came out. So this movie was released on July 17th, 2009. It was a Friday. I Got a Feelin' by the Black Eyed Peas was at the top of the music charts. Also that month, Serena Williams beat her sister Venus for her third Wimbledon singles title. And this summer began the swine flu pandemic. Fun. <laughs> wow. Love that. That is a mouthful of goodness <laughs> right there. And yeah. I don't mean to brag, but I was the proud recipient of swine flu when it went around the first time. So oh my God. you're with a piggy right now. You're a survivor, just like Reba. Uh, I thought you a survivor, just like Destiny's Child. That also would have worked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I always go for the Reba reference. You'll learn that quickly, Carla. So this movie also coincided with like the worst version of my personality. Because really, truly watching this movie again, I had the same experience of you, Carlos. I really resonated with this movie and these characters when it first came out. So to rewatch it, I'm going to call it personal growth, but it was like a different movie this time around because when this movie opened with Regina Spector, I was like, oh, right. 
I remember this phase. Like the manic pixie dream girl trope really Mm. did a number on me. I really fancied myself as like super quirky and out there. But like in reality at the time, I was just like unmedicated and unhinged and like not in like a fun whimsical way, but in a like getting too drunk because I was exclusively drinking IPAs, even though I didn't like the taste type of way, you know? (laughs) But yeah, when this first came out, I was like, wow, this is like a real love story. And then watching it back, I was like, ooh, we all needed some therapy in 2009. Really? Man. These two little people that look like they should work at a library just terrorizing each other <laughs> for an hour and a half. These are literally <laughs> two people that you could run into at a at a listening station inside of like a Sam Goody or <laughs> or like a Borders. Oh, they're definitely Borders people. When I was doing my research for like trivia in the movie, I saw that in the script she was blonde with a pixie cut. I was like, I never would have saw this movie if that was the case. Oh, God. Well, we know. I think that would have been too stereotypical, I think, at that time. Yeah, well, thank God they changed it. But truly, like, the female leads during this time, like, Natalie Portman Mm. in Garden State, this movie, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, like, all of the, like, manic pixie dream girls really shaped me, and I don't think that was necessarily a good thing. You... Looking at your past now, do you really think you were (laughs) like those girls or do you think you just tried to be? I wasn't like those girls, but I think that it gave me a sense of freedom because I've always Mm. been a wackadoodle and I've always been a weirdo. So I think watching those movies and seeing a lead that wasn't typical to other stuff I had seen before then. I think it gave me like a sense of freedom of like, oh, I can be my truest authentic self and people will just be like obsessed with me. But it was like, did I need to be enabled to be even weirder than I already was? Like I already had delusions of grandeur. I don't think I needed permission for that, you know? Okay, I'm glad you cleared that up because if I were to make a Venn diagram of you, Natalie Portman and Zoe Deschanel, I'd be like, I don't know, they all have teeth? (laughs) Yeah, okay, all right. I did rock the straight across (laughs) bangs for like 10 years though oh so that would be like the only thing in the center (laughs) all right so yeah i was just gonna wonder like were you really into that whole hairstyle (laughs) there was a way of of how they dressed up but the quirkiness that was like a good tell right there (laughs) i I don't know how to explain but it was just like oh my god it's just so funny (laughs) yeah if a bitch wears gingham and carries a ukulele you know to back away (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's like, oh, hold up, let me be random. (laughs) But, you know, at the same time, there's like an aesthetic that was with that. And me as a guy, I thought that was hella cute. Man, quirky girl shows. Well, Donnie, do you have any background tidbits or trivia for us today? Oh, yeah, sure do. So it was directed by Mark Webb, who directed both Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man movies and also a lot of really good music videos, including... Three Doors Down, Jesse McCartney's Beautiful Soul, Hilary Duff, All American Rejects, Fergalicious, and the Pussycat Dolls. So, like, truly, thank you, Mark Webb, for your service. We wouldn't be here without you. It was also written by Scott. If Scott was in my class and I was a substitute, I wouldn't even say his last name. I have to now because I'm a professional podcaster, but Scott... (laughs) Nudestotter? If if you think that sounds wrong, Google it. It probably is. But Scott Nudestotter wrote this. He also wrote Pink Panther 2 and The Fault in Our Stars. So mm-hmm. versatile. <laughs> versatile mm-hmm. writing. The budget was $7.5 million and it made $60 million worldwide. 
So, yeah, quite a leap. And then two taglines I want to talk about. One is boy meets girl, boy falls in love with girl, girl doesn't. And then the other one is, this is not a love story, this is a story about love. Which I think is just the first line in the movie, but if that's the tagline too, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And then for trivia, I only brought one piece of trivia just because it was so good. I was like, I don't even need to share anything else. The director told Entertainment Weekly recently in an interview that for a while there were a lot of actresses who were like circling the project, they would read the script but not sign on. And they would say to him, if you flipped perspectives and made the lead character a woman instead of Tom, then I'd be more inclined to do it. So, like, the exact same story, but make Tom a woman and Summer a man. And the director and the writer was like, absolutely not. That's not the story we're telling. So then the script was in limbo for a while. But Mark Webb, the director, met Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a meeting about signing up for the movie. And at the meeting, he was like, so if you were to do it, who do you see as Summer? And he said, Zoe Deschanel right away. He's like, it's definitely Zoe Deschanel. So as soon as they said that, they cast her before they cast him. Wow. Yeah. So we can thank him for that. That's pretty cool. Me personally, I hadn't even heard of Zoe before because I know that she was a musician because she was married to Ben Mm -hmm. Gibbard, who is a lead singer of Death Cat for Cutie, which is... Death Cat for Cutie! <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's, if you like to get in the mood and feel depressed <laughs> and feel validated at the same time, yeah. oh, yeah. man. Yeah, because I remember seeing her in this and then in Elf. Elf. Yeah. And I'm, you know, famously face blind. So, like, mm. she had blonde hair, so forget about it. It was really, like, the singing that I was like, I've heard this voice before. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. And then I think it really was this movie that just, like, launched her for me in mm. terms of, like, oh, I want to pay attention to this person's career. Yeah, because she did New Girl, like, right after this, right? Yeah. They were like, here's yeah. our spokesperson for Quirky Girls. Put her in the law. She is kind of typecasted as that though no for sure anything where the character needs to speak like this they just cast zoe deschanel oh man and then when i saw the complete contrast when i found out that the girl from bones (laughs) that's her sister and i was like what (laughs) this is like two completely different personalities like what the heck is going on it is but that's how me and my sister are too so i'm not too shocked Uh but it is jarring are you the sister from bones or zoe deschanel I have to be Zoe, right? I think so. <laughs> You're definitely Zoe. Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. Am I pronouncing it? Is it Zoe or Zooey? It's spelled Zooey, but that can't be right. If that's right, I have more issues than a gingham dress. Oh, God. Okay. Zooey, Chelsea. No, I mean, I-, I know that you always pick whoever side is not mine, but if her name is Zooey. Well, if her name is Zooey and she's been letting people call her Zoe, like that's on her. <laughs> Before we make Carlos recap this movie in one minute or less, I want to know what character of this movie, if any, do you identify as? I don't want to talk about it, and I don't want to hear what you have to say about it either, but Tom is who I identify as. Carlos, your turn. (laughs) Okay, I resonate with Tom, but I shouldn't be resonating with Tom. Well, I'm glad you said that, Carlos, because (laughs) buckle up for my weekly women's studies course. Honestly, like... (laughs) <laughs> At this stage of my life, no one. But if I had to pick somebody or somebody that I resonated with 10 years ago, it would have been Summer. Oh. Oh, did that shock you? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Good, good, good. Takes all kinds here. <laughs> on that note, Carlos, we're going to put one minute on the clock and we're going to ask you to break down this movie in one minute or less. Whenever you're ready, take it away. 
So this is a tale of a boy and girl. Let it be known, this is not a love story. And I forgot the rest of the monologue at that point. But basically, this is a story of literally boy and girl. Tom uh, is working at a like a Hallmark greeting card facility or something like that. All of a sudden, a new girl ends up, you know, pun intended, ends up working at the same uh, Hallmark facility and whatnot. But then he starts to find little bits of commonalities there. He's like, oh, man, I'm in love because she loves the Smiths (laughs) just like I do. And it's a very difficult situation for him because he is a hopeless romantic through and through. And the tough thing about it is that she's very straight up with him and says, you know what? I'm not the kind of relationship kind of a person, but... Over time, Tom is constantly trying to put this pressure on her to make her into the standard girl or whatnot. And as it kind of progresses, it goes very well. He's like, hey, you know what? I got this girl. I'm on top of the world. She actually thinks I'm cool. She probably lowered her standards for me. (laughs) But I don't care because I'm Tom and I'm the man. And it just starts to spiral down as the days of summer continue on. And the summer just gets colder and colder (laughs) over time. Man, I went way over a minute. I'm sorry, you guys. No, that was remarkable. Also, I was yeah. not aware that you were a voice actor, Carlos. You've been holding out know. on us. I, I needed to pull that out. That would make you guys feel very immersed. All the viewers <laughs> and whatnot will be like, oh, my God. <laughs> Honey, I need the popcorn. <laughs> so just like you said, this is a story about boy meets girl. But really, this is a tale of two insufferable people wreaking havoc and leaving a wake of destruction as they embark on a quest to ruin each other's lives. You. Put that well up. I'm literally narrating the whole story. <laughs> no, we asked you to. You followed the assignment, Carlos. A plus. Yeah. Anyways, at the end, they break up and they're sad. <laughs> Carlos is like, my time might be up, but I'm not finished. I didn't want to leave it unfinished. I feel so bad. <laughs> oh, thank you. We hate a cliffhanger. <laughs> Chelsea, I feel like this is when you would normally rant about men. So I'm going to beat you to the punch. Like I said, the first time I saw this movie, I was like anti-summer. I was like, I'm never going in the pool again. (laughs) I hate summer. (laughs) But watching it this time, I still think there are definitely things that she does wrong as well. But from the beginning, she does say, like you said, Carlos, that she is not looking for a relationship. So everything wrong is Tom's fault. Wow. I know. Chelsea put the pussy hat on me for the episode, I guess. (laughs) Because, yeah, I am anti-Tom. Yeah. We kind of see this character over and over again with like Ross Geller, Ted Mosby, every character that Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays where like they're meant to be like both desirable and a punchline, pathetic in like an adorable way, emotional in like a romantic way, but they just make me want to like kick them in the penis. (laughs) I think it's because, and I have to be upfront, like I exclusively dated Tom's from Mm. like 2004 Mm. to 2012. I get that my like angry feminist ranting is tired. It's old. (laughs) I know that every week I say some version of like, this is the worst type of man. But like, This week, I really mean it. Tom is the worst type of man. Yeah, he's manipulative. He's selfish. Every character you said is in that same little bubble of worst Mm -hmm. kind of man. At this point, 
sweater vests are just a red flag. If a man is in a sweater vest, don't fucking go near him, ladies. Please. Hey, I'm gonna throw away the sweater vest and I don't want Donnie to get fucking pissed off at me. Jesus Christ. I mean, Carlos, I have sweater vests too, but Hey, 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 is I'm... a cardigan acceptable? <laughs> yeah. But for those not following along on the Patreon, patreon.com slash I am the cute one. Carlos right now is taking off his sweater vest as we speak. No, I'm just kidding. I wanna be clear that I think that there are really sweet, redeemable things about Tom, but it's also that aspect of he is the type of guy who's like moping about like nice guys finishing last when in reality, he is a huge douche canoe. He's just like sneaky about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's where I kind of fit the bill at that time. Yeah. Because for me, I guess I, I was kind of sort of like that too, where it was like, oh, you know, girls don't like it when I'm being nice to them. And then I'm also the type of dude that would be like, I'll go to McDonald's and somebody would just say, you have really pretty eyes. And then all of a sudden, I just have visions of like, okay, I'm gonna marry this girl. Aww. And it's like the methods of trying to get to that goal yeah. is where it becomes a little bit shady. Mm-hmm. And then that's where, you know, where it kind of leans into being manipulative, maybe some gaslighting, maybe a little bit of guilt tripping and whatnot. It gives a really bad meaning to the nice guy trope. Yeah. When I first saw this movie, I was like, oh man, I'm just like Tom. <laughs> but the thing is, this is a word of advice nice guys don't have to say that they're nice. Nice guys don't say, hey, I'm a nice guy. Hell no. That's a red flag, girl. (laughs) That is actually amazing advice. That is very true. So I do want to distinguish, Carlos, I'm going to be talking a lot of shit about Tom. I'm not talking shit about you. (laughs) I'm telling you, I was ready for this. (laughs) Believe me, at that point in time, I was like, oh, man, I'm such a Tom. I'm so relatable. And then it's like, wow, I was a toxic piece of shit. That was pretty bad. But it's sneaky. It is. Because I think we're so used to, like, we know the, like, chads and brads and the, like, overt douchebaggery that takes place. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing about, like, a character like Tom is this is a guy who thinks he's being in touch with his emotions when in reality he's just breaking all of his roommate's dishes for no reason. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I do want to say, like Carlos said, it, that's who he used to be. And I feel like that's who I used to be, too. But I also am self-aware enough to know that I just haven't been single in a long time. So I still think that's who I am today. I think I don't have the chance to be. <laughs> so that's a fun thing to think about. I'm good. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this movie begins with the perpetual man-child Tom throwing a temper tantrum because he is the first person ever in the history of the world <laughs> to go through a breakup. But I do have to say breakups inherently make everybody their most embarrassing and pathetic self because I have done, I mean, I've shared some stories on this podcast of the shit I would pull when I was just being a crazy bitch. But I once broke into my ex-boyfriend's apartment and stood over him silently weeping as he slept like a weird, pathetic poltergeist. Wait, this is for real? Oh, yeah, this is real. My college boyfriend. Shout out to you if you listen. Now, (laughs) was this just for you or did you like take pictures to show him? No, just for me. It was college. So it was like his dorm was like next to mine. So it wasn't like really breaking into anything. I mean, mean, I'm not excusing it. It's fucking batshit crazy. (laughs) Did you live with him? 
Not at the time. So then you no, broke I'm in. Just, yeah. <laughs> I feel kind of a little bit better about myself. Here to help, Carlos. I'm a little bit of toxic here. We got toxic shells. I'm ready to hear all of the toxic details off of Donnie right now. I don't think you are. Good Lord. I hope it's all the sweater vest wearers out there. <laughs> Have you guys done anything? I would say embarrassing. Mine is kind of bone chilling, but you know, yeah, <laughs> anything say. embarrassing during a breakup? I mean, I think that story just like wiped my mind clear. <laughs> I feel like you Will Smith men and blacked me. Uh-huh. I don't have any thoughts after that. Okay. I think with that said, the only thing I can think of is like I'm definitely the type of crazy bitch that will like call and leave a message and then call and leave a message. So I'm sure there's some boyfriend in the past that has like 30 messages that mm-hmm. are just like 32 sentences total, but I decided to do it over the course of 30 messages. Okay. Just in case you ignore the first three, you'll still get the gist of it. Like when you miss an episode of a soap opera, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, I still know what's going on. <laughs> so I did oh, ask our cuties the most cringeworthy or funniest breakup moments in their past. And as always, our listeners came through. So one listener said that they hid a frozen fish in the trunk of her ex's car. Oh, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, if they yeah. have to hide it and they maybe they hide it like right underneath the trunk where the tire is. Because <laughs> oh. that way when you actually open it, you can like, where's the smell coming from? <laughs> I don't see shit. Why does it smell so rank? God dang. <laughs> and then someone said, one boy I broke up with claimed to be related to a famous gang member in my town. He told me he called a hit out on me. Turns out he was full of shit once I got the police involved. I am so used to always being the problem that when you ask the most embarrassing breakup stories, I was like, what did I do? What did Uh, I do? But that actually almost word for word happened to me. I feel like I submitted that because one boy I dated afterwards, he was like, you know, I have mafia connections, (gasps) right? But like, are you going to tell the mafia? Because this whole time you wanted to be closeted and gay. Now suddenly you're telling every mafia family (laughs) member you have about us? I don't think so. That is wild. Anymore? Somebody else said that they stole all of his bowling balls because he was an avid bowler. (laughs) I love the petty shit. I love things like that. Now, I don't think that stealing bowling balls is necessarily easy because those balls are quite heavy. Yeah, it's a petty crime is what it is. (laughs) I think they're expensive too. Yeah. Yeah. I just like to imagine like somebody waddling away like, you're going to regret breaking up with me, asshole. And I'm you know, assuming genders here, but I like that <laughs> she decided that that's really going to fuck up his life if she stole his bowling balls. Like, he can't rent one at the bowling alley. You don't even have to rent it. Just rent the shoes and one just comes up that little fucking thing. I don't know. Bowlers are pretty specific with their balls. That's true. Yeah, yeah I mean, a lot of us are specific with our balls. <laughs> well, let's jump into the movie, I suppose. So it's yeah. January 8th. It's day one, and Tom, a greeting card writer, sees his new co-worker, Summer, and decides immediately that she must be an uppity bitch. (laughs) But, as it turns out, Anal Girl is not only neat and organized, but she also likes the Smiths. And so, after one single conversation, Tom is a man in love. Or, more realistically, Tom is a man about to earn another restraining order. I do think that people's music choices say a lot about a person though back in my single days i used to ask boys to recommend one song to me and i'd do the same 
Yeah, thank you. And a lot of the time, people used it as like a mixtape kind of. Like, here's yeah. a song I really like, but it's also how I feel about you. And like, yeah. they didn't have to say that, but like, when you listen, think of me, whatever. And that's how I used it too. So it was like love songs or sex songs, whatever. Just however I feel about you, here's the song. But one boy that I was talking to, and like, he lived in Washington, D.C., so we planned a weekend for me to visit him. And like, it was semi-serious for us just talking. So then I asked him to recommend me a song and he sent me Happy Ending by Mika. And if you're not familiar, let me just read some of these lyrics to you. This is the hardest story that I've ever told. No hope or love or glory. Happy endings gone forevermore. This is the way that we love like it's forever. Then live the rest of our life, but not together. So, So I said... What am I supposed to do with this, really? (laughs) (laughs) I miss doing mixtape CDs. Me too. That was like my love language. Yeah, I felt that like when you gave somebody a CD and you took the time to burn off of that, Mm -hmm. off the LimeWire, you know, fuck your computer, whoever cares about the viruses, (laughs) you know, it was worth it so that you can express your feelings in a 15 track set list. So good. Now that's what I call Donnie. (laughs) So on day 22, Summer says that her weekend was good. So naturally, Tom calls her a skank and says he's over her. But on day 28, Summer shows off that sweet, sweet she and him razzle-dazzle during a post-work karaoke happy hour, and Tom is back in the game. Two things. I hate post-work social obligations. I am not being paid to spend more time with my coworkers. Like no matter how much I like you, I'm not on the clock. No, thank you. And number two, I know the point of the scene was to show that Summer has like the voice of an angel and is a true dream boat. But there is something about somebody who's like too good at karaoke that I find off-putting. Like I would rather you be terrible than good. Is that weird? Yes. Everything you said just made me mad. First of all, I think you just don't have any coworkers that you like. Sorry if any are listening. No, they can come to my house and we can hang out there. I'm not going to like go and spend money with my boss at the table next to us. No, thank you. Well, then don't do it with your boss then. You need to have private outings. But like, yeah, you can be friends without sneaking them in your backyard. (laughs) We can go out in public, Chelsea. And that comes to karaoke number two. When I do karaoke, I do it like a musical theater audition. I have props. I do lighting changes, which is just me flickering the lights usually. Mm -hmm. Like Celine Dion, flashes of light, like like that. So yes, it's weird that you like that people are bad. If a bachelorette party goes up to that microphone and sings like the Spice Girls and they all just scream into the microphone, that's enough for me to want to burn the bar down. Yeah, that's like, I can't. Thank you, Carla. No, I need to clarify. I'm not talking about like, you need to have stage presence. I don't want you up there like, Love is a battlefield. Like, I want you to put on a show. I want you to be flickering lights. I want you to be doing, like, knee slides across the stage. I don't want you getting up there acting like it's an American Idol audition. You know, I I hate that. (laughs) But it's usually the quiet ones that are like, no, 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 I don't want to get up. I don't want to get up. And then they Susan Boyle you. (laughs) 
cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. So after a kiss by the objectively sexiest piece of equipment in any workspace, the copy machine, Tom and Summer continue their foreplay by ruining a home display at Ikea and finally seal the deal by boinking, thankfully in their own bed and not in front of an innocent family. Thank God. And you know what? All of a sudden, Ikea dates became super popular after that. Girls at the time, they're like, gosh, I really hope that somebody would take me on an Ikea date. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, at least over here. I, I don't know, maybe it's an L.A. thing or just a Southern California thing. I don't know. The O.C. was popping at the same time, too. And also Laguna Beach on MTV. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I'm starting to rewatch that because they got a podcast now, <laughs> but we're not going to oh, shut yeah. them out because this is the podcast that matters. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Steven. Fuck you, Kristen. The <laughs> yeah, date was like, you know, you go hang out, you chill on these mm-hmm. beds, and you can reenact, you know, that husband and wife scene. <laughs> Did you get Swedish meatballs at least? Boy, let me finish. That was gonna be <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Swedish meatballs with the, with the lingonberry sauce or whatever it was. I'm like, oh, uh. wow. Magnifique, even though it's uh, Italian and even though they're Swedish, but you know, <laughs> either way, it's delicious. 
And also, it was a cheap date because it was like maybe like three bucks or four bucks at the time. See, now I feel like Ikea is the place where if you want to get divorced, like <laughs> all you have to do is like go and like get a desk oh, yeah. and try to put it together. <laughs> but I dread going to Ikea now because Ikea forces you to go through the entire fucking store for you to get out. Yes. You start at the first level. You have to walk through all of that. You have to go up an escalator mm-hmm. if it's two floors. God help you if it's three floors who think you found a shortcut in between these walls nope it's, it's another like the display temple grandin cow machine on their way to slaughter yeah, man. <laughs> was that too much Tony? i don't know what that means oh one person out there will get it that's for you listeners <laughs> the claire danes movie temple grandin she did the hugging machine wow. it's like weighted blankets are based on her it's a whole thing wow. i'm keeping that in the main show too that's for you one listener just one single listener. If it's you, DM me, please, because huh. you're my people. Anywho, so nothing lasts forever, though. And when we jump to day 303, Tom has been dumped and is a shell of a man. He is yelling on buses. He is berating happy couples on the street. He is engaging in extended daydream sequences in which he imagines himself as the lead in a French film. And while he was churning out greeting cards when he was with Summer, his work is now starting to suffer. His latest card just read, roses are red, violets are blue, fuck you whore, (laughs) which earns him a chat with his boss, who, in a true depiction of our capitalistic society, does not encourage him to take time off or go to therapy, but instead suggests that he channel his pain into funeral cards. I mean, that's nice of him. He could have fired him. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, if you're going to have all of that dark energy, yeah, channel that into sorrow and sadness. (laughs) That's why when I saw Chelsea had that energy, I was like, let's start a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But we're not quite to the breakup yet. So backing up, we watch as Tom and Summer's relationship progresses. They watch porn. They discuss architecture, pretend to understand art, play the penis game, and bond over shared nightmares about their teeth falling out. And honestly, they just needed to be friends with me because (laughs) when I was a little kid, and it still kind of works now, when I was a little kid and had nightmares, you know when a nightmare is so scary and vivid that like when you close your eyes again, you can still see the monster or whatever. So when I was a little kid, I used to pretend that my eyes were like a remote control. So then I would just blink a lot before I went to bed again. And then I wouldn't see the thing anymore. So sometimes yeah. when I still have nightmares as a 36-year-old man, I lay in bed and <laughs> blink. Wow. Actually, I'm going to try that because as much as I've been like shitting on Tom and Summer, I do share their affliction of the dream with the teeth falling out. That is like a reoccurring nightmare for me. Now, my research has told me that it's tied to vanity. Like, track. <laughs> yeah, it has to do with vanity, but I do think it stems from being made fun of as a kid for like my giant gums and mm. also having braces until I was 18, and then also getting hit by a car, breaking my face, and having one of my front teeth turn black. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sounds like a super villain origin story. <laughs> it is. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, okay, so in one of our early Mary-Kate and Ashley episodes, I 
talked about how Who Let the Dogs Out turned tragically into me being hit by a car when I was running on campus. Yeah, so, I knew about the car accident. I didn't know your teeth changed colors. Oh, so I broke my face. So like my nose was on the side of the face. My lip is like 90% scar tissue at this point. And then this tooth right here, the one next to the main tooth, mm-hmm. it died. So is it just a chiclet right now? No. So I went to the dentist afterwards. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Carlos. This is what we like to do. We like to just trauma dump. Like it's like no big deal. Yeah. I was running on campus. I got hit by a car. It's fine. Yeah, if you thought we were talking about the movie, you're sadly mistaken. Kind no, of. no, it's all good. <laughs> no, this is a real tooth. So I went to the dentist right after it happened because I had to like get all my you know shit sorted broken face and such and the dentist was like so this tooth has died there's like an 80 percent chance in the next like couple weeks it's gonna fall out we can pull it now or we can wait and I was like no we're gonna wait and then I just like sometimes I just know things and I was like it's gonna grow back it's gonna regenerate and he was like no like it's very rare I've never in my career seen a tooth like regenerate from death. And I was like, no, like, what if I come back in six months and we reevaluate? And he was like, your tooth's going to fall out, but sure. Yeah. And then honest to goodness, ask, believe, receive manifest baby. This is my real tooth. Look, it's white. What? So, you know, the power of my mind, Carlos, I brought my tooth back from the dead. That is wild. (laughs) That is like, uh, yeah, super villain energy right there. Mm-hmm. That was my vat of acid I fell into. Holy okay, moly. So if you know about Temple Grandin, DM Chelsea. If you think Chelsea's lying about this story, DM me. <laughs> if you think that this podcast should be called 500 Days of Bullshit with <laughs> Chel, then go ahead and uh, give us a follow, subscribe. <laughs> so you know what? I love a shameless promotion and I'm not above bribery. We are 40 reviews away from 1K five-star reviews so if we get to 1k this week you know what i will release unedited like without the disguise i will release the post car footage it's gnarly (gasps) but i will do it on my stories for the world to see footage well i mean no picture it's just a picture i thought it was like a traffic (laughs) cam of you getting hit by that car oh shit that's what i thought too i was like i'm gonna make burner accounts to give us reviews if that's the case i thought we were gonna get like a quick time movie (laughs) of you know on an enhanced Uh, cd if only like ryan phillippe and (laughs) cruel intention yes Except instead of dying, his teeth just turned brown. <laughs> and then back to white, baby. Press <laughs> white strips are looking for sponsorships. Did I ever tell you? And if the answer's no, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going to give any more details cool. so Go I can ahead. talk about it at a later episode. Did I ever tell you that when I wanted to bleach my asshole, I used the Crest White strip? No. <laughs> Stay tuned for another episode. Cool. That's what we call in the biz. A teaser. Wow. If you guys are not subscribed, you guys need to hear this exclusive (laughs) shit about bleached assholes. With a crest white strip. No, you know, screw you, Invisalign. We got white strips here. (laughs) Not Aquafresh. Uh Uh-uh, not Colgate. We're going crest white strips, baby. Carlos is never going to do another podcast again. And he's going to block us immediately. Immediately. Use code cute one for your own anal bleaching. <laughs> As we move closer to the impending breakup, Tom proves he is a catch by dazzling Summer with some truly inspiring thoughts about the clothes women shouldn't wear and the tattoos they shouldn't get, and then proceeds to get in a bar fight with a guy who hits on Summer. 
She is understandably pissed, but Tom is confused. After all, he just got his ass kicked for her. <laughs> so jumping ahead to day 345, a heartbroken Tom goes on a first date with poor poor Allison, who has to sit through Tom's insufferable recap of his relationship with Summer. Summer literally took a giant shit on his face. And then when she says literally, he like looks at her like she's an idiot. He's like, no. Well, then don't fucking say literally shit on your face. (laughs) That is what you said, Tom. I do feel really bad for Allison, but also she went with him to a second location. That is actually like, I officially changed my answer to who do I resonate with? I'm Allison because I'm always knowing what the vibe is and going against my better judgment of this woman knew what she was getting into the moment that Tom started drinking vodka and talking about summer, but she still followed him to that karaoke bar. Well, that's what they say about murder. Don't go to the second location or you will be killed. Like if someone kidnaps you or whatever, if someone like breaks into your home, don't go to a second location. I don't think a lot of people are doing it willingly, Donnie. If someone kidnaps you, they're like, oh, you know what? Take me to the car. Don't take me to the 7-Eleven. That's why I changed it. But if you're ever in one place, and then, like, let's say you have been kidnapped and you're in this man's basement for a year. Then he's like, now oh. we're going to go somewhere else. If you go to the second place, that is when you will absolutely be killed. That's what the specialists mm-hmm. say. So this woman, Allison, was metaphorically, not literally, <laughs> killed when she went to that That's second fair. location. Because Tom's <laughs> conclusion of this night is that there are only two options. Either Summer is an evil, emotionless, miserable human being, or she's a robot. And speaking of that evil robot, Tom sees Summer <laughs> on the train as they both head to a co-worker's wedding, which does lead to a magical night of taking shots, playing tag with strangers' children, and Tom scoring an invite to a party at Summer's house. And in case it needs to be said, I won't be caught at an unpaid after-work happy hour, and I certainly won't <laughs> be attending a co-worker's wedding by myself. No, thank you. I, I wouldn't even want to see anybody from work at no. that time. Am I getting paid you for this? You guys need new jobs. I loved every co-worker I've ever had. I invited co-workers to my wedding. Am I weird? No, you know what? To be fair, there are work besties. Yeah. Like, Chelsea is my work husband. Am I not supposed (laughs) to hang out with you anymore? No, but they were not going to a work bestie wedding. This was like a co-worker. You don't know how close he was with Marjorie Mm -hmm. or whatever her name was. I have had, shout out to you, Lori, my old work bestie who is one of like five people that knows about the secret life I have. She is (laughs) an old co-worker. I love that. I would go to her wedding. I would spend time with her. I'm not going to go and like hang out with our supervisor at this wedding Okay. of like another co-worker. Yeah, fine. I just have a drinking problem, so I'll go anywhere there's alcohol. They're like, oh, co-worker's wedding? Fine. Happy hour? Open bar? Okay. Thank you, Carlos. No, yeah, I love open bars. (laughs) Just wheel me out afterwards. (laughs) As long as I'm back Monday to type, we're good. (laughs) So the co-worker's wedding isn't the problem here for me, but seeing someone through fate when you're not supposed to see them ever again is the worst. I think... And if not, this is another story I'm just casually dropping. I'll follow up later. I think everybody knows about that man whose bed I shit on. (laughs) So that happened. That's background information. Okay. You don't know that? Can you just (laughs) quickly 
refresh us because that's not ringing a bell, which I think speaks to a larger issue of stories we've told. That if you've told the story, it didn't even resonate okay. with me. So in my early gay years, before I knew like to clean myself out, I had a one night stand <laughs> and shat on this man's bed. So okay, then, yes, needless yes, to yes. say, that was the end. <laughs> that was the end of he and I talking. Oh, but then man. that's when I lived in Pennsylvania, no less Pennsylvania. So that's number one. So then me and my friends went to New York City. We went to the big city for a Britney Spears concert. I'm Madison Square Garden, and at that very concert, I had to go to the restroom, and out of all the bathrooms at Madison Square Garden in a different state, during a two-hour concert, I could have went to the bathroom at any time in any of the bathrooms, he was there, and I was like, oh my god, in a place where I had to shit again, so like, this this is, this was not great. (laughs) <laughs> memories oh man literally shit happened <laughs> donnie i think that that was a story you told on your real housewives podcast mm. to me when i was a guest so i am familiar but eventually we will have to circle back for the cuties because i know that right now listeners you don't want more details but it's worth knowing more can they pay for extra details like is there like a <laughs> vip shit stories as bleaching with donnie patreon uh, level or something i forgot i talked about the ass bleaching this is a very <laughs> donnie butthole heavy episode <laughs> oh my god carlos i am so sorry welcome to the show oh yeah man i feel hella tame at this point <laughs> I'm hella vanilla. Wow. (laughs) Carlos is like, I was so toxic. And we said, hold our beer. (laughs) Reality rarely matches expectations. And at Summer's party, Tom mostly spends the night drinking alone, only to then realize that Summer is now engaged. Now, this was a real dick move. Like, Summer should have given him the heads up. And also, if I were Summer's fiance, I'd be pissed about her, like, slow dancing with her ex at a company wedding the and weekend sleeping before sleeping on his shoulder yes dude that scene because that that actually has a split screen scene yes i think that's probably the one of the most poignant probably most beautifully filmed scenes in that entire movie yeah. that's a heartbreaker but you're right she should have given him a heads up because i know that she wasn't engaged at the time and i think that it wasn't like a true engagement party but like that's essentially what it was. Like yeah. she's had a conversation with him already. Like that's just it's rude and it's like setting him up. Yeah, there's that I remember that slow pan when he's just drinking yeah. his little beer and he's like Yeah, <laughs> this was a scene that like it still gut punches you. Even when you're like being like, Well, Tom, you're kind of the worst. Watching him show up to that party, like thinking it's going to be something and then it being something completely different, it does make you be like, Oh, buddy. He's a hopeless romantic. He's like, oh, hey, she invited me to the party. We got a shot so we can rekindle what we had. Yeah, and he isn't great, but she was with him the week before, and she knew what they, like, stopped talking about, and it was this. Like, (laughs) he wanted more than you this whole time, so she knew what she was doing. But it sucks a lot for him because he wanted to reach that point with her. Right. Yeah. And... He has like some kind of a really bad epiphany where he's like, what the fuck did I do wrong? You know, Mm -hmm. kind of a deal. And then as a viewer back then, I'm like, yeah, dude, what did you do wrong? Man, you treated her like a fucking queen this whole time. (laughs) But, you know, later on, you're like, you know what, dude, you're you're 
pretty much did a bunch of bad shit. <laughs> and if you thought that Tom was spiraling before, <laughs> that was nothing compared to the robe-wearing, whiskey-drinking, unemployed sad sack <laughs> he soon becomes. So slowly but surely, Tom crawls out of his breakup bunker. He starts sketching again. He applies for architecture jobs and gets a final pep talk from Summer, who tells him that he wasn't wrong about true love existing. She found it just... Not with him. And his person is still out there. And again, it's like, it's great that they got closure. But this is another dick move by Summer. Because Summer, like, went looking for him in his safe space, in, like, his favorite place in the city. Like, what the fuck? Go and be married and, like, leave this man alone. It's like she wants to be stalked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but let's be, um, what do you call smart people? Whatever. I don't know the word for it. But there is a lot of discourse online about the scene because a lot of people think this is just symbolic and that the last time he saw her was that party. And this one is just him like saying goodbye to like the idea of her and she's not really there. So I don't know. Well, intellectuals, you will not. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. You guys are looking for deep dives. This is not the podcast for you. (laughs) The only deep diving we're doing are in Donnie's asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we just found our new tagline. Look out for merch coming soon. Deep dives with Donnie. (laughs) But I was doing research for the movie before I watched it today. So like going into this scene, knowing that this is what people thought, it is kind of like Sixth Sensey in a way where like he doesn't really get information about her it's all like so how are you you'll be okay like her saying it to him so i do think there is a possibility that that's true Mm -hmm. if not it's good fan fiction from whoever wrote it yeah and this is a man who imagined himself in a three minute black and white film and a dance sequence yeah it's not out of the realm of possibility there so the movie ends on wednesday may 23rd tom meets a woman applying for the same job as him her name is autumn and so the clock resets it is day one and tom's reign of terror begins again (laughs) poor bitch autumn run for the hells (laughs) (laughs) so final thoughts if we were to bring this movie to present day who would we cast in a remake or what would the plot to a sequel be okay so i'll go first I didn't do the assignment, but not because I pulled a Chelsea and forgot. But I think so much of what makes this film and not movie work is because of the artistry of it. And I don't think that should be touched. Like, plot-wise, sure, we can make a remake. But, like, I don't want them to touch this again because of the French film, because of the side-by-side, because of the music number. Like, I don't even want them to try to recreate that magic again. So originally, I was going to say I'd be okay with making it a limited series so we could spend more time at each stage of the relationship. But, like, how much more time do we need, really? Because this was a non-couple that was only together for, like, nine and a half months. So I I don't know if we need a whole episode about their day at Ikea. Like, let's just leave this movie where it is. And I never say that. And I send you death threats when you say that you didn't do the assignment. So this is my one day I'm doing it. Hmm. (laughs) It's difficult because I think it's really hard to remake this type of movie. Because, I don't know, it just doesn't age well with what goes on now. And I feel that people really notice these things about guys 
that are very toxic. What do you mean, Carlos? <laughs> <laughs> you know, with like yeah. social media, like obviously you can't yeah. remake this film, you know, yeah, yeah. without having social media play some kind of a part into it. And you know what kind of sucks now is that there's not too many young mm. actors that can really do a lot of these things anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's only a handful. Like, like if you were to ask me who would play Tom or something, like I was gonna say Zac Efron at first, but now he's older. <laughs> right. Yeah, which is weird yeah. to me. <laughs> me personally, I would want to see Tom Holland as Tom. He would be good, just because everything that you see him in is just either Spider-Man related mm-hmm. or something action movie related. Yeah. And I've never seen him in a kind of like a comedic relationship type of yeah. role so far. And I think that would be a breath of fresh air. I think he would be great. In terms of Zoe, I have no idea. I have no clue what kind of a quirky girl out there. And don't say Zendaya. She does not fit the bill. (laughs) No, she doesn't. No, I feel the same. And I do feel the same as both of you in terms of I think this movie is such a moment in time of like this movie is 2009 top to bottom h to t as tyra would say like i think that kind of we already got the remake or a mini series in terms of how i met your mother Mm. (laughs) like ted mosby i know this was like around the same time but like we got the architect we got the sweater vest we have the gaslighting we have the like oh but i just want love (laughs) by any means necessary like i kind of feel like we already Mm -hmm. fleshed out this whole plot during this time period. I just don't think it needs to be mm-hmm. made in 2022. However, I will say that because we didn't even touch on this, but the little musical number that they had in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think if so you were good. to yeah. make this movie into a musical kind of scenario, I think it wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. It doesn't need to be remade into a movie, but I would see a Broadway show of it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Y'all heard it. Chelsea said she would see a Broadway show. <laughs> So final, final thoughts. So what for us about this movie? And we've touched on some of it, but what aged well and what aged like Blockbuster? So I said exactly what both of you just said in the last question about what aged like Blockbuster. I think that the world is alert enough to not root for a man like this anymore. So to frame this movie around him as our central protagonist, it doesn't really hold up. Like we don't want to see him win after all of the gaslighting and manipulation. Yeah, I think a lot of people would recognize that type of personality that Tom is, mm-hmm. that it's not very acceptable. Like, who is this douchebag? Right. Why is he doing that? Like, why am I supposed to feel sorry for him? You know? Yeah. I think, I mean, we've touched on all the stuff that, like, didn't particularly age well. So let's end on a positive <laughs> note. I do think that, like, despite being toxic in other ways, Summer never fell into the, like... I'm not like other girls trope. Like a lot of times Tom tried to like force her hand, but I think that that was so common, especially in this era of like, this was the origin story of the quote unquote pick me girl, which I just hate. That's a rant for another day. But I do appreciate the fact that like, you know, she never was like comparing herself to other women. Tom was, but she was like, no, this is like how I like to dress mm-hmm. and this is what I like to do. Mm-hmm. But she was never like putting down anybody around her. She was just kind of living her yeah. life, which I thought was cool. Yeah, she was very independent. Mm-hmm. She was very her own person. Carlos, we have tortured you long <laughs> enough. We have talked about anal bleaching. We have talked about B&Es. So first of all, I'm sorry. And also, thank you yes, for thank coming you. on. I appreciate the invite. <laughs> of course. I'm glad that we had this conversation. I've learned so much about you guys. <laughs> I've learned that we're all pieces of shit. <laughs> but even though we're all, you know, 
POSs. <laughs> we are all the cute ones. So tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can watch your hilarious hilarious videos all the things pimp yourself out <laughs> oh man <laughs> i feel like exhibit <laughs> <laughs> hey dog so i'm gonna tell you my social media so you can social media my social media yeah. you officially been pimped. <laughs> uh, yeah so i'm carlos i'm the nostalgic latino i post nostalgic relatable content some latina related content as well on instagram it is at the nostalgic latino as well as tiktok at the nostalgic latino and um yeah and just you know feel free to swing by you don't have to like the stuff but you, you know you could always say hello and and uh, and if you find it relatable and if i made you smile or laugh or anything like that or remember or about some kind of a trauma when you were a kid then i've done my job <laughs> Okay. <laughs> thank you for coming on and thank you guys for listening. So next week we will be covering Aquamarine. Just a total <laughs> pace change. So I've been asking for this <laughs> since we started this podcast and Chelsea finally let me. And I have been kicking and screaming <laughs> but we will be back next week. We will talk to you later. Love, Love you like, like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love you, you like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.